On this episode of the Locked on Lease podcast, we continue with your mailbag questions looking at a Neander trade proposal, a sweetener that you may want to be including in a Matt Murray deal, and my early rating of what I think of the Lease forwards and defense group heading into the season. This is Locked on Lease podcast, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Leafs podcast, your daily fix for all things Leafs. I'm your host, David Morsuti from Sportsnet. Mike DeStefano, we know he is going to be on hiatus for the next few weeks, so I won't be saying this every episode because we're going to be saying it for the next few weeks, but you will be having me solo for today. And just remember, everyone, that Lockdown Leafs podcast is a daily Maple Leaf Center podcast, so make sure you subscribe for free wherever you get your podcast from, and you can subscribe to us on YouTube, Locked On Leafs. Make sure you hit those notifications so you can get every episode when they come out each and every day because it is your team every day. So if you went back to the last episode, we know that we ended the show going through some mailbags. I quickly went through a, a few of them to get us started. We are going to continue them today. And I left some of the spicier ones for this episode because we had a little more time. We had to go through some news on the last podcast, I want to leave a little more extra time to go through some of the ones that are going to take a little bit longer for me to dive into. Now, as I said in the last episode, you can still get your... I'm going to continue the mailbag a little bit longer this week because we don't really have a lot of news, and I want to make sure that if you have questions or topics you want me to discuss, I will do that for you. I will also be working on getting a few guests. I might bring back someone that uh, I've had a few times here on the show. And I'm in talks with some other people to come on the show, just trying to make it work. You know, they're on vacation. This is when people take their time off because there's no news happening. So trying to get, trying to make the timing work, obviously with Mike not here. And I do like to bring on guests, like to do the shows with someone. Writing solo can get tough, but here we're here to make it work. And to make it work, let's go through some of the mailbags. Uh, we got a few more here to discuss. So, Let's go with, I'm not going to do the Nylander trade proposal right away. Let's get into the Matt Murray one. This one was from Remax 2247. What sort of sweetener would it take to move Murray? Do you feel comfortable with the Sassanoff and that he put in? Actually, I could probably edit that. He meant a wool tending. If not, what goalie tending options by trade or other means catch your eye? So there's a lot to untangle there. Uh, assuming that Matt Murray is being traded, which I am 95% sure it's going to happen. The 5% is just when not a team is not, a, they're not able to get a deal that makes sense done, but a sweetener to have to be included. Cause here's the thing. The Leafs, we know they don't have a, they didn't have their first round pick. They had their first round pick, but it wasn't theirs. It was the Boston Bruins. They decide to hold on to that pick because they only have three picks in the draft. And the other thing to consider here, too, is when you're looking at trading picks, the Leafs don't have a first-round pick. They have a first-round pick in 2024. 
They don't have a second round pick in 2024, but they have a the Islanders 2024 third rounder. They have a fourth rounder, two fifth rounders. Like they're not going to be trading a fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh rounder to get rid of Matt Murray. Teams are going to be looking for, you know, the earlier picks. And the thing is, the Leafs don't have a second round pick. The next three drafts, they don't have one. So second round pick is off the table because they don't have one to give. Third round picks, they do have third round picks. I don't know if that's going to be enough for some teams. The Leafs have a 2024 first rounder. And they have a 2026 first rounder. I don't know if the Leafs want to trade a first round pick. I don't think the Leafs should be trading a first round pick to get rid of Matt Murray, in my opinion. And you can get it done without doing that. So when you look at Sweeteners, if you're going to include a draft pick, it might be a later pick. We heard the idea of attaching Nick Robertson to a deal, which I would really hate the idea of trading away a player that could be an NHL player for you next year. You know, give you some NHL games to get rid of Matt Murray. But you also don't want to be putting yourself in a bad cap situation just because of the Matt Murray situation. You may not want to move off from Nick Robertson. So because I, I think that could be an option there. I, I, I just, the idea of trading a first round pick just doesn't sit well for me unless you're getting a pick back in return or something back in return that you can use. That's where I'm kind of at with it. I think if you're going to do that. You're going to do it where maybe you include Nick Robertson. So you don't have to do that first round pick. And Nick Robertson has had his ups and downs with the organization, mainly because of health. So, am I comfortable with the Samsonov Wool tandem? We discussed it on the last show. What would happen if Samsonov struggled out of the gate? And this is where you have to have confidence in that second guy to step up. We have seen teams struggle because they 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 their backups not capable of stepping in and playing those games. And in some cases, you lose your first two goaltenders. Your third goaltender isn't someone you expected to play games for you. So I feel like the Leafs have to be comfortable with the Wool tandem pairing, and they got to be even comfortable with the guy who's third on the list that you're going to call up to play NHL games for. That's where today's NHL has turned into. The Vegas Golden Knights. Do you know how many goaltenders the Vegas Golden Knights had last year? Aiden Hill. Aiden. Aiden Hill. I keep saying Aiden. Aiden Hill was not their first goaltender. He was not their second goaltender. And like, if you're looking at the depth chart here, he wasn't even their third goaltender. They used so they used four goaltenders at one point last year. I'm gonna just riddle them all up. Actually, sorry, they technically used five, five goaltenders, four for the most part. Logan Thompson, Aiden Hill, Laurent Boisois, Jonathan Quick. And Yifi Patera, he only played two games. Actually played decent through those two games, too. But this is where teams have to be flexible in some ways. I do think a Samsonov wool pairing can work. I do think that, you know, you have to have an idea of who your third guy is. And if you can find someone out there that would, like, you know, I don't know who is remaining uh, in free agency. Like if there's a, a guy you can sign to a deal where he can, you know, be buried or you put him on waivers, that's an option. 
signed someone to a PTO. The Leafs have done that a few times, and I feel like that's something teams would be willing. You know, there's going to be guys who are looking to get it themselves into camp with a PTO. Um, I don't know how many of them are out there or how many of them are potentially looking for new deals. So that's something to look at, consider there. How many guys could you could you get a guy potentially on a PTO? Um, do you have someone in your system maybe that you can rely on? The Leafs have quite a few goalies in the system. Maybe one or two could be an option for you as your third goaltender. That's going to be, to me, Wol Samsonov seems almost secure. It's that third guy I'm very curious about. We'll see how that all works out there and it's an very very interesting discussion when it comes to the Leafs goaltending because that's a position that has seen a lot of change the last few years and you kind of hope that eventually something will stick and something will give you enough to win a cup we'll see if that's Samsonov Wolf tandem could be enough and when we come back we're going to discuss the Nylander trade proposal that I got very interesting one. Something I didn't really think about when looking at a potential trade partner for William Nylander. So we'll do that on the other side. But before we do, let me tell you about today's show sponsor. And it's a very important one here at the Locked On Podcast Network. It's our good friends over at FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to over-under, who you think hits the first home run. You can even, don't even have to do it on baseball, golf, basketball, football, NHL odds to start. There are so many things that you can use on, the, on those bonus bets credits, so make sure you go and do that on the FanDuel app. It's an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use, plus... When you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of MLB Baseball and the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Locked On Leafs Podcast. David Morrissey here. It is your team every day. And... I did say we had a question about a potential uh, Nylander trade proposal. Now, it's not something I thought about. I don't even think Mike and I even really discussed, um, you know, potential, really a lot of trade partners. We we hear a lot about the Carolina Hurricanes and, you know, would a Brett Pesci for Nylander deal make sense? You know, the Leafs do need a defenseman and Brett Pesci, Seems to be a guy that I'm curious could be on the way out there, you know, just because of the deals that they've made recently. But this uh, this person actually brought up a different name, one that I didn't think about, and one in a very similar situation to William Nylander. That is, um, actually, let me get the question first, and we can discuss the player. So this is from Caleb B. Uh, Caleb C. Or yeah, Caleb. C4138. I hope that's how uh, your name is spelled. If the Leafs can't resign Nylander, would you do a one for one swap with the Pens for Jake Gensel, conditional on both players signing extensions with their new teams? Again, I didn't expect Jake Gensel to be a guy to be thrown into here. And, you know, he's a player that I've, I've really liked. 
I actually think he's um he you know he's been pretty much his whole you know ever since he became a full timer in the NHL he's pretty much been almost at a point per game player. He really exploded. You know, he has two 40 goal seasons on his belt. He had 36 last year, usually hovering uh, in that, you know, 73 to 84. You know, his career high was 84 points. That was uh, that was back in 2021, 2022. So I do think there's some parallels here in terms of offensive production between Nylander and Gensel, I think Nylander's a better playmaker. Potentially, he's got, you know, he's more of, he's in that regard. I, you know, he's had, again, Nylander's had two 80 plus, 80 or more points to his name. He's had a couple of 61-point seasons. He's done it almost pretty much right off the start from his NHL career. Um, Nylander's also a year younger. Um, actually, sorry, two years younger. Than Jake Gensel. Uh, Jake Gensel is 28. He is going to be 29 in October. William Nylander, as we know, he is 27. So that's age is something that you have to keep in mind here. Uh, Gensel is coming off the final year of a five-year deal where he made $6 million a year, which for his production, it's pretty good. Uh, Gensel, what would he be looking for on his new contract? I actually think he would come in less than Nylander. I know he has two 40 goal seasons to his belt, but health has been kind of questionable for him as t- at times. He hasn't really played. He's only has two full seasons under his belt. I know that the pandemic season, you have to consider those as well. So he's older. Uh, he is a left winger. The Leafs are a little heavy. I mean, you can move guys left and right. That's not too much of an issue. I think Gensel's played both in Pittsburgh. I do think that if you were to consider Nylander, you can't do this as a one-for-one, in my opinion, because I think Nylander should fetch you more, a little more. Not, I'm not saying too much. I understand maybe why Gensel was the name thrown on here, because obviously the connection with uh, the Penguins, uh, with Kyle Dubas being there now. My question here is, work because i mean we already know that the guys there in pittsburgh haven't been taking big sheets you know crosby's highest paid right now at 8.7 for the next two years malkin has a three-year extension uh he has his extension sorry that's paying him three more years at 6.1 we know Latang is going to be there for the next uh the next while there too i don't know i i do think yes any deal involving nylander gensel you would have to get an idea what the contract's like because they're both going to be UFAs. No team is going one for one and say, all right, we'll figure this out and maybe we'll get both guys signed. That, Like I said, any deal involving Nylander, you have to figure out the contract extension with the other team before the deal gets done. Same with Gensel. I'm sh- I don't think the Pittsburgh Penguins are looking to get rid of Gensel. I'm sure they're probably looking to re-sign him because he's a valuable part of their team. He's kind of helped... Sidney Crosby and Malkin, all those guys remain competitive because he's come in and he's been a really good player for them. So I don't think I would do one for one. I would think I'd want a little more back. And I don't think trading Nylander for Gensel, I understand maybe because you're thinking you bring in Gensel that replaces the production from Nylander. I'm assuming that's where that question has come from. 
But I also am curious, do the Leafs also think maybe trying to get a little more out of Nylander, you know, from another team works a little bit better. So not a bad question there. I'm uh, I'm curious uh, if the Leafs do figure out a way to get Nylander signed without having to make a trade as the, uh, as the, uh, as the end game here. Cause that it's a tough one there. All right. So let's um, we're going to take one final break. When we come back, I am going to finish off two uh, more questions that we have here to talk about, you know, the roster in general. These are a little more general roster questions, so I'll get to that on the other side. This is the Locked On These Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On These Podcast. David Morissuti here, Mike DeSefano, still on vacation. As I said, he's gonna be. I'm going to be riding solo for the next little bit or bringing in guests while he's away. And then, well, who knows? Maybe I'll take some time off when Mike gets back. Uh, we haven't really discussed that part yet but we do appreciate you coming back and you've been here every day with us we really do appreciate that it is because of your support each and every day that we're able to do this five days a week uh so now and that means i'm giving back a little bit by answering your mailbag questions if you haven't gotten a mailbag question in or if i haven't answered yet i will answer it we're going to continue this i'm going to mix in some news and other things along the way too but i just wanted to uh get that give you guys the time to get your questions into me so i can answer them for you so i'm gonna go with this one first there's there's two questions here about the roster in general and they're kind of in a specific order i wanted them to go in so let's go with uh bill v4104 rate the forwards and defensemen lastly out of the six at present who is on the roster open tonight and who is gone all right so I'm a lot higher on the forwards. Funny enough, before free agency, I was not high on the forwards because of how many of them had left in free agency. I think I'm going to give the Leafs. So if we're going to be rating them out of 10. Now, I did. I took that part out because I needed to make the spacing work. So out of 10, how do I rate the Leafs forwards? I would go with an 8 out of 10. I think the Leafs have a lot of depth. They're certainly a more balanced forward group now, especially in the top six, both in style play. They got Bertuzzi there. You know, he's going to be good for, I think, at least 25 goals. Like, I don't see how he doesn't get more. Like, he should be able to, if not, be better than Michael Bunting. I think 30-plus should be the mark that he aims for. Um playing if especially if he's playing with austin matthews um and whoever whatever that lineup looks like there max domi i think he adds some versatility a guy who i think he's going to play left wing he might dabble at center if they need to move things around a little bit or change things up so i think i like that versatility with max domi there obviously you know ryan i know reeves something i see that as a negative he's not going to be playing all the time and what I like here is I think the Leafs are going to go a little younger with some of the players. Like Matthew Nyes, we're going to see him play more. If Nick Robertson isn't traded, I could see him playing more. I think you're going to start getting some of these younger guys, Bobby McMahon, I, you know, maybe an Alex Steve. I think you're going to start seeing these guys move up. I think you're going to see some PTOs. There might even still be a trade, and that might change things up a little bit more too. So it's a little tough right now to give a full grade, but I think right now as it stands, I think an 8 out of 10, it's not perfect. It's not terrible. I hope people don't think it's terrible because I do think I like the 
the forwards a lot more. Like I can clearly see how the left side works a lot better than it was like Michael Bunting and who else in years past? Like Yarn Croak did admirably. Like it, it just the Leafs have certainly addressed areas I think that needed a little more solidifying. Yes, you lost some guys in O'Reilly, Achari. Those were deadline picks up pickups. We didn't really expect them to be back. We would like them back, but we didn't expect them to be back. Um, you know, Pontus Holmberg will be here. I think he could be a guy that can play quite a few games for the Leafs as well uh, going into next year. The defense. This is a tough one. I I think like Jake McCabe, a full season with him, having a guy, his partner to work with in training camp, getting more familiarity will be key for him. I still like him. He's kind of that Jake Muzzin replacement at a cheaper cost too. TJ Brody is a guy that... I think we'll stick around unless the Leafs find a way to get an upgrade. I mean, not even an upgrade or even just to replace him at a cheaper rate with someone else. I don't even know if that's possible at this rate. I don't even know if there's a team that would want to trade for TJ Brody right now. There could be. You never know. So I think if we're saying the Leafs as it stands right now, the defense, I'm at like a 7 out of 10, 6, 7 out of 10. I think Klingberg adds offense that they needed, a guy that can break the puck out and things like that. Not great defending in his own zone. You didn't re- they didn't really replace Shen or Hall. I understand Hall having him off might be seen like a negative like a, a good good thing. But you also gotta see who you're gonna replace his penalty kill minutes with. Jake McCabe can do some of that. TJ Brody can do some of that. Maybe Timothy Lilgren can do some of that. Like that, you're asking Mark Daniel to do that. That'll be a lot for him. We saw him kind of his game kind of tail off near the end there. I think they need to. I think they need to find a way to to improve this blue line. I still think this blue line's incomplete in my opinion. I think that's the area that is going to see that is going to look a little different heading into uh, into you know opening night. You know, Brad Living says he likes to add some size to his blue line. I think that's something that could still happen. So I think you keep an eye on that right now as a stand, I say it's a six out of 10. I don't know if I'm going to say who do I think could might not be here or who do I think could be gone between now and then like maybe Connor Timmons, although like for him, he's just a depth guy. He'd be a good depth player to have on your third pairing and, a, and throw in if you need some offensive production. But he could be included in the trade to make salary matching work. TJ Brody could be gone too. Like if I'm looking at defensemen who I think could be gone, it's TJ Brody and Connor Timmons would be the two for me. I don't see Mark Giordano being traded. I don't see Morgan Riley being traded because he has some trade protection there. Klingberg obviously just got here and McCabe. I don't see those guys being moved. So it's either Brody and Timmons. Those are tough. Like I, I have to see what the deals look like to make uh to make those all work there. And this is why I actually did this question first, because the next question here from uh, from Corey Parrish, 85, who do the Leafs need to round off the roster? A tough D-man, another point-proving bottom six winger, or both? It'd be nice to add some depth offensively to the bottom six. I think that's been an area that uh, that the Leafs have struggled with in the past. I also think you also got to give some opportunity for the younger players and PTOs. 
So I don't think they're going to add anything to the forward group unless it's through a trade or PTO, as I stated. Or maybe there's a guy that's kind of hanging around there. Um, but for me, I think the blue line is where they're going to make the addition. I do think a tougher, you're going to need to add a little more toughness. I think even a couple of guys at this rate, you know, I heard some guys bring up like a Zadorov from Calgary because he might not be sticking around. There are some players I think still hanging around there that might be on the move. Brett Pesci's one I've brought up and Mike, I think I brought it up with him as well. Could be on the move with Carolina. He's, you know, he still has, I think he's one year away on his deal. So, you know, if Carolina was looking to add some scoring and the Leafs need to improve a little bit on their blue line, that's, that's an area that they could look to do that with. So yeah, he's a UFA. He's coming off a final year, just over 4 million, 4.025 million cap. It's really reasonable cap for a top four defenseman. One that I really liked for a bit. He does have a modified no trade clause, so he has to submit 15 teams he would be willing to be traded to. It's a very important detail there um, when it comes to any trade for Brad Pesci. So I do think two defensemen. I do think they need a couple of guys. And I do think uh, adding a little bit of size, guys who can play on the penalty kill, guys who will block shots, play a little bit of edge, I think those are important. We just saw it. In the playoffs, you needed it. I think the Leafs need to add a little bit of size to that blue line. You just saw what Vegas did. Those guys have size. They've got the Leafs have their guys that can move the puck, that can do things offensively in Riley, in Klingberg. Lilligren can do that to a degree as well, and Timmins if you need it too. Now it's starting to look and add to your defensive ability because on the penalty kill, if you're not able to kill penalties, especially in the playoffs, it 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 can be a backbreaker. So. I do think that's something the least will look at. I think you might look at guys who are a little bit cheaper. But again, salaries have to make it work. So we'll see how that all plays out there. But I do think if I'm looking at areas that the least need to improve, that's the one right there to round off the roster. That's why I gave them a harsh grading, a 6 out of 10 for their blue line, because I don't think it's complete. Right now, I tell Brad Living, 6 out of 10, man, I think you need to do more. I think he would agree too. So we'll see how that all plays out there. Uh, thank you guys, everybody who's obviously through these first two episodes here of the mailbag I've submitted questions. This has been a big help. It's easy for me to kind of have these questions, answer them for you, and it's a good talking point. Um, if you, if I get more questions, maybe I'll do that for the next episode. Otherwise, I'm going to be looking to bring on some guests to uh, to continue the conversation about the Leafs offseason, where things stand, where things are going. Um, we could get some news here when it comes. You know, with uh, Samsonov, obviously his deal, and just a little, some other fun ideas, maybe. Um, some people I had uh, talked to lately had had some questions for me about, you know, bringing some ideas from other sports into hockey because there's people I know who love watching other sports and aren't too thrilled about hockey, and they asked me some questions there. So those are things I'm going to be uh, looking at over the next few days. But I want to thank you all for listening to the show and supporting the podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube so you can continue to get that content. But until next time, keep locked right here on Locked On Leafs.